Well, thank y'all for being here. Yes. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Yes, he asked us Wednesday night to pray for his daughter that she was real worried about this test. No need to worry, God was there with her and she, she, she passed with a 98. So praise God, you know, he listens to prayer, he hears prayer, and I was so glad when he called me and told me about this, because Linda said that she was, she was thinking about that and uh, we've been praying for it. And uh, so God answers prayer. He answers prayer, that's for sure. And, uh, and again, thank y'all for being here this morning. And remember, right after the service, we're gonna have potluck dinner. So everybody stay, enjoy it. There's plenty of food over there. And uh, just have a time of fellowship. And maybe some of you had not had a chance to be here in a little while and get to meet and talk and visit with some of the people and everything. And I do want to say something this morning. We got a, several people that we need to have uh, lift up in prayer. Pat and uh, Jean Grawman, well, she's not feeling well at all this morning, so he's staying home with her. And you know, she, she is just, she's legally blind and she cannot really see. And she needs a lot of help. And so he's staying there with her this morning to help her. And uh, we have a, uh, a man that visits with us here. He hadn't been here in a little while. I tried to call him several times, and just, he just don't answer his phone. But uh, his name is Bucky. That's what we call him. He sits back here. We come to find out that he had to go to the doctor. He had been not feeling well. And the doctor said he has cancer in his stomach. So y'all keep Bucky in prayer. And... Uh, just pray that God will heal him. Me, as a matter of fact, uh, Juanita talked to him at the store, and, and, he, and he said that the doctor really felt like he could get everything that was there. So that, that, that's a good hope right off the bat. And uh, Darlene back here, she wanted to pray for her mother-in-law. And uh, so uh, she's having a, a little a kind of a problem. So we just need to pray for her. Let's see. Who? Let me see. Yes, uh, James, he's, he needs to uh, have some things checked out and Darlene, so y'all keep them in prayer. And uh, I'm trying to think if there was somebody else. I, uh,
So, uh, and two, we want we, we want to <coughs> just just keep the, the church in prayer too. We need we need to just really to bring the church, lift the church and the people up in prayer. You know, there's a number of people that just that well, I know there's some of them on vacation, some of them are out sick, and oh, uh, Heather and Kevin Vanderberg. They we need to pray for them. He had like he said he's almost like a migraine this morning, and she was very sick in her stomach. So they're not here this morning. So we've got a number of people that's not here. We got some that that you used to see, but they're just not here anymore. They're just not anywhere. And you know, and you know, the Lord tells us in the last days there will be a falling away. And I've talked to a number of pastors, and they say they are facing the same thing. That people just, you know, they just always got something else to do. What's more important than God? I don't know. I had not figured that out yet. And uh, so let's just keep our church, keep the people in prayer that uh, God will speak to them. He'll touch their hearts and he, he can draw them back. You know, it says that we cannot come to God unless He draws us. So just pray that God will draw the people back. And they will feel His, His they'll just feel His presence and know, I need to get, I've had so many people tell me, I know I need to get back in church, I need to get in church. And uh, somehow they're going to seem to make it. And these people are going through a lot of things right now. And I tried to tell them, I said, if you'll get back in church and you'll turn this over to God, God can take care of it. And But you're going to find that most of the people that have, have gotten away from church are the ones that are going through stuff. And I think that's God just speaking to them, telling them, you need to get back in my house and worship me so that I can bless you. And uh, so anyway, before we go into the service this morning, let's, let's just take a moment and have a prayer. Father God, as we come before you, I lift up each person, Lord, that has kind of drifted away from you. Lord, I'm asking you to draw them back into your house. Do it in a loving and, 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 and kindly way, Lord. Just let them feel your presence. Just let them know, I need to get back to, to see with my Jesus. And Lord, those that are, that are under the weather, those that are not doing good, Lord, those that have got some things going on, Lord, I ask you just to mightily by your precious and wonderful hand to touch them. Your healing hand, Lord. Lord, you said the people came to you and you healed them all. Lord, I'm asking you to heal the people that are going through this situation, to heal them and to just lift them up, Lord, and above all, let them know that it was you that did it. And Lord, just let them be thankful and to give you the glory and the praise, not man, but you. So Lord, we're thanking you right now that you're hearing our prayers, that you're drawing the people back, those that are down and under the weather, Lord, you're healing them right now. You're touching them. And Lord, we're thanking you and we praise you right now. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, this Today, I have never preached on this subject. And I just felt led to do it. And uh, I, I, I preached about the Lord coming back. I preached about the rapture. I preached about the end times. But you know, this here really has a, a lot to do with the end times. If we look at what's going on in this world right now, we know we're in those. We're in the end times. And uh, 
I've entitled this the separation of the lost and the saved. Or in, or in other words, the separation of the sheep and the goats. That's what it amounts to, the separation of the sheep and the goats. Okay, what are you talking about? Sheep. The sheep are the ones that have come and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The goats are the ones that have denied him and have not accepted him. And there's going to be a time of separation that, that, that God is going to do a separation. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And that's going to be in the end time. This is really going to, it, well, really there's going to be a, a couple of separations. The main one is going to be the rapture. When he separates the saved, the sheep, us, and takes us to heaven. And the goats are going to stay here. And then, when he comes back and sets up his millennial kingdom, after the tribulation is over, if the people that go through this tribulation, and believe me, they are going to go through hell. It's going to be terrible. Because the Bible even tells us this will be a time the world has never seen and will never see again. That's how bad the tribulation is going to be. But the Bible also tells us that if these people will not bow down to the Antichrist or take his mark, they can still be saved. But if you take his mark or you bow down to him and worship him over God, no more. You have no chance of being saved. That's what the Bible says over in Revelations. Jesus warns us, do not bow down to him and do not take his mark and you can still be saved. But there's still going to be a number of people that even as the Bible tells us that they went through so much pain and agony in that tribulation that they even cursed God instead of asking God to forgive them they cursed him for what they were going through. Can you believe that? And see, that's the way this world is. But then there's going to be some people, like I said, they're going to be saved during the tribulation. So when the final th judgment of the great white throne comes, there's going to be another separation period. But those that were saved through the tribulation are going to be separated from those that wasn't. And they're going to be in heaven with you. So we're just going to look at some things here, but I just wanted to make, kind of make clear that, because well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to start out, I'm going to look at, look at Matthew 25, verse 31 through 33. Now this is Jesus Christ speaking. It's not man, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon his throne of glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations or all people. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. The shepherd has to, has, has to divide. Every so often he has to divide his sheep from the goats. Sometimes those goats just kind of wander in and get among the sheep. And that happens in the churches. The unsaved. Those that are serving Satan kind of mingle in to the church, trying to interrupt, trying to destroy, trying to turn things around. Well, that's kind of what goes on here. He says, you know, I will separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep are my people. The goats belong to Satan. So we have to be aware as a false prophets coming in, false teachers, uh, the goats, they just come in to try to destroy, to interrupt. So Jesus here is saying uh, he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. 
like I said, sometimes the shepherd has, those goats will just wander in. He has to run them out. He has to get rid of them. And in verse 33, it says, uh, And he shall set the sheep at his right hand, but the goats on the left side. If you'll notice in the Bible when it talks about God's right hand, God's right hand, that right hand means with God, it's power, strength, ability to do things. It's that strong right hand that the Bible talks about. So he sets them on his right side where all his strength is to watch over, to protect, and to guide them. The goats are on the left side. They're just kind of wandering. But the sheep are held together closely and in a loving fashion by God because they're on his right side. And uh, in this passage that we just read, Jesus is revealing a very powerful truth about what will happen in the final judgment. See, a lot of people have a real problem believing that God will send somebody to hell. Well, God doesn't send somebody to hell. He created it, but it was created for Satan and his devils and his angels. Who sends you to hell? They blame God. You send yourself. God has given you a sacrifice. If you will receive that sacrifice and believe upon him, you shall not enter hell. That sacrifice is Jesus Christ. See, God knows what he's doing. But he has sent us the Lord Jesus Christ to keep us out of hell. He has made the way for us to bypass, to escape hell. And many of us don't want to do that. Well, I kind of like the way I'm living. Well, you're not going to like hell, and that's where you're going if you don't change the way you're living. And so, you know, this here, Jesus is telling us something very powerful that's going to happen at the final judgment. It says Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats, and it's going to make a big difference if you're a sheep or you're a goat. It's going to make a big difference. For one thing, their destinations are entirely different places. The sheep's destination is heaven. The goat's destination is a burning, fiery hell. You know, you can't make it any clearer than that. Jesus made it very clear. You know, he didn't, he didn't sugarcoat his words. He didn't try to make it sound good. He, made it, he, he said it like it was. And that's what is going to happen. The goat's on his left. Jesus will say to him, now listen, I'm going to read this. This is Jesus quoting this. This is what Jesus is saying to the goats on the left hand. And it's in Matthew 25, 4. Or 41, excuse me. 25, 41. It says, Jesus looks at them. He says, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. That was prepared for the devil and his angels. He just looks at them. He says, Depart from me into the eternal fire that was created for Satan and his angels. You chose Satan over me, you be with Satan. You know, Jesus speaks very clearly. He's giving us a picture of a shepherd separating his sheep from the goats, showing us a very clear distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. The righteous are symbolized, like I said, by the sheep. The righteous are called sheep. And uh, 
And, and Jesus praises them and commends them for their compassion, their acts of love and service to the Lord. And listen to how he, and, and listen to how he thanks them for what? What's he thanking them for? They're for the very same thing that he thanks us for. Listen to what he says. And I didn't, this is Matthew 25, 35 through 36. And mine, I've, just, I've got it just a little bit different to shorten it some. But he says, Jesus saying they showed Christ-like love by feeding the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, welcoming strangers, clothing the needy, caring for the sick, and visiting those in prison. You know, there are so many of y'all in here that do this. There's so many of you that do this. Feeding the hungry, we got a box out here we take to the caring center. There's people there that without, these, that without us bringing them stuff, they'd have nothing to eat. Giving water to the thirsty. And Jesus said, as long as you give a cup of water in my name, you're doing a service to me. Just a cup of water. Welcoming strangers. How many of you welcome strangers to come to your church? How many of you invite them to come? You're doing them a service. They may not realize it right then, but they will accept your invitation. It can make a lot of difference in their lives. Clothing the needy. That's again the caring center and the stuff that we take up there. So many people come in there, and especially around school time, they start looking for, for clothes. Levi's, jeans, uh, shirts, t-shirts, everything for their kids so they can go back to school. They didn't have underwear. And the caring center is very good about doing this. And uh, caring for the sick. Visiting the sick. Praying for them. We do that. We care about the sick. We care about inviting and showing them Jesus through our lives. Do you realize that somebody can look at you knowing you're a Christian and how you act and how you talk and the things that you do? They can tell if you're a Christian. And when you come and you visit with them, they're so thankful that you thought enough of them to come and visit and pray with them. And you, you, you'd be surprised at how many people You've changed a life through your, through your generosity, your kindness, and your love, and your vision with them. They saw Jesus through you. They said, I want to know more about this Jesus. I want to know more about him. I want to be like y'all. There's so many people that want to be like a Christian, but they don't know how because they don't come to church. Just have the simply accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and have the love of Jesus in your heart. And they people realize this. They know these things. And visit them in prison. You know, that is one of the weirdest feelings I've ever had is going to the jails and seeing somebody or visiting with somebody. That is probably one of the loneliest sounds. I've been to, to Fort Worth to the county jail visiting. But when you start hearing those doors slamming behind you and that echo, that is scary. You say, I hope they don't lose a key. Because it is, you go through no time how many doors to finally get to where, where you can visit with somebody. And those doors are, are, are slamming behind you and locking. And sometimes it's just a, it's just a relief to get out of there. But, that, 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 it, but you know, I've, I've had a couple of people said, thank you for taking the time and coming and seeing me. Nobody else has. Nobody else has. I can see Jesus in you. I can feel Jesus in you. 
You know, that's probably one of the biggest compliments somebody could pay you is, I feel Jesus coming through you. And I've prayed with them. And I've, had, I've even had one except Jesus Christ right there in the jail. And you talk about a great feeling that you know that some life right then and there was changed because you took time to go to the jail and visit. And that's what Jesus is saying here. And visiting those in prison. Jesus is telling us that these acts of kindness that we're showing, that we're showing uh, his love to others. We're, we are doing what Jesus did. He's not just telling us to do these things. He did these things. And that's why he's telling us to do it. He visited the sick. He healed them all. He provided food, clothing. He was always there for them when they needed something. You know, you'd be surprised at the number of people that call the church needing help. I wish we could do more. There's a lot of things I can't do. Simply, we just, we just can't. We just can't. But, you know, and I try to explain to them in a good way, in a nice way, that I'm sorry, but right now, we're just going to have, have, have the means to do this. And uh, they say, well, thank you very much. But anyway, <clears throat> so Jesus is commending the Christian for doing the things he did for their kindness, their love, their mercy, uh, just being there for the people when they needed you. Jesus is telling us that these acts of kindness were showing others Jesus to us. And then we see the unrighteous. We, we kind of talked about the righteous. These are the sheep. I mean, the, the, the righteous were the sheep. Now we're looking at the goats. The unrighteous. Those that don't know Jesus. Those that never accepted Jesus. They're not saved. And they, and they are going to be held accountable for their failure to help with the needs of others. Just like the Christians helped with all these other things. Most of the time, the goats... The unsaved don't help nobody with nothing. And uh, their neglect and not caring, it's going to, Jesus looks at this. And this is a reflection of their hearts, showing the lack of God's love, because they don't know what God's love is. They don't know how to love like God. They've never received God. They, they could receive God's love, but they've never asked Him. They've never asked. But they're going to be judged for their ungodly ways and they're, and, they're, and they're not accepting Jesus Christ. See, that is the biggest thing right there. It's what God did for us through His Son. Then we reject what God did. We laugh at Jesus. We mock Jesus. We make fun of Jesus. Because nobody believes it. That who would send their son to die for me? And they don't believe it. God sent His Son to die for us because of His love. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have eat eternal life. See, God said the world. You are the world. We're the world. We're the, it's, and God loves us. And He wants us to be in His presence for all eternity. But that's up to us. He's not going to force us to be there with Him. He's not going to make us. Or anything else and uh, but then here in Matthew 25 46 
listen to what God says. And these, the unrighteous, the goats, shall go away into everlasting punishment. When I judge them, they're going to go away into everlasting punishment, which is the fiery pits of hell. Forever. Eternity. You know, we don't realize what eternity is. We don't. We've never, we've never been there. We're on our way, but we've never been there. Eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You keep going, you can't get to the end. That's eternity. We'll never die again. You're never going to have, you're never going to, you know, just think in heaven, you're never going to have sorrows, not going to be sad, no tears, no more death. You're just going to have love and joy in the presence of God for all eternity. It's not just overnight. It's for all eternity. And we can't understand this. And how great it's going to be. You know, a lot of people, they just, I'm scared to die. I don't want to die. I've asked them. I've, I've been with people in the hospital. And they were right on the edge of death. I pray with them. I said, I'm scared to die. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. There's no fear. For God said, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear comes from Satan. That is one of the major things Satan uses to try to trap, trick, or, or, or make people doubt God is fear. He's good at it. He's good at it. He's done it for so long. But God says that I did not give you the spirit of fear. So we know that fear is a spirit that is from the Satan. Love, God said, but I gave you, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but that a power of love, a sound mind, a great mind, a good mind, a thinking mind, and love. That's from God. You know, when we read that passage, you know, should help us to remind and tell others about hell. How many, well, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever just sat down and talked to somebody and told them what hell was like? Probably not very many. Nobody likes to talk about hell. It's there. Do y'all realize that Jesus spoke more on hell than he did heaven? Why? Jesus created hell. Satan and his enemies. Jesus knew exactly what hell was like. He knew what was going to take place. He knew the suffering and the pain that was going to be for all eternity because he created it for Satan. But when man started rejecting Jesus Christ and accepting and doing the things of Satan, he said, okay, you join Satan and his angels. You also, without the knowledge and the saving power of Jesus Christ, you will be in hell with Satan. But see, Jesus created hell. He knew how bad hell was. And that's why he taught more on hell, trying to tell people, you do not want to go there. You don't want to go there. They say hell is solid blackness. There is no, even though there's a fire down there, there's no light. It's total black. Can you imagine how the, just, just the blackness, how depressing that would be? Have you ever sat in a room where you couldn't see nothing, just black? How'd you feel? 
You couldn't see nothing. You couldn't tell nothing about anything. That's what hell's like. You're by yourself. You see nobody. You're down there alone. I mean, you don't see anybody else. They said, and there is crying, gnashing of teeth, pain, crying, just, and that's for all eternity. Jesus said, choose heaven. Choose Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, our faith, you know, we say we have faith. Or our faith is not just a personal matter. It should overflow to show our compassion to others. Your faith, people should be able to see your faith. Say, boy, I wish I had that faith they've got. I wish I could believe like they believe. Tell them, you can. You can. Just receive Jesus Christ and let him, let, let him have your heart. Let him have your heart. Trust in him, believe in him. You know, as Christians, we are called to show our love and our compassion from Jesus. How do we do this? By extending a helping hand, offering words of encouragement to others who are hurting and in need. I've been visited with people that's going through and so, that's going that's going through some things. Maybe you know, sometimes it was a death. They'd lost a loved one, and I just sat there. And and I let them do most of the talking. They needed to get rid of some stuff. Sometimes we want to talk when they need to be the ones talking. And you're listening. I held this man's hand. Never said a word. Just let him talk. And he got all that stuff off and got rid of it. He said, thank you, Bill, so much for just coming by and listening to me. You don't know how that helped me. Because I could tell just by the squeeze of your hand that you were listening, you were praying, and you was asking God to touch me. And I was. He said, I could feel it. He said, and I want to thank you. He said, I could feel. It's like Jesus was sitting here beside me. Boy, that's pretty neat. But you know, when somebody's going through something, sometimes we don't need to go in there and try to do all this. Let them talk. Let them get stuff, get rid of things. And just console them. Understand what they're going through. And then pray with them. Just pray with them. You'll help that person so much that you, 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 you don't realize how much you help them. And that's what we're here for, is to help others who are going through some things. And... Uh, you know, as we think about the, the separation of the lost and the saved, have you ever just really sat down and looked at your own heart? How do you feel about things? How do you feel about Jesus and serving Jesus? Is it a burden to you? Is it something that, oh, I'll tell you what, it just consumes me. It just, it just seems like all the time I'm having to do something. You know, I don't feel that way. When I can go and be with somebody, and just hold their hand, just let them talk with me, and let them feel Jesus there. You know, that's a reward for me, that I'm serving God, and I can feel His presence with me. Do you feel His presence? 
Do you know he's with you? Where is your heart? Is your heart for people? Is it wanting to help them? Is it wanting to be compassionate to them? I hope it is. I know a number of you in here it is. I know for a number of you that that is your goal, to help others and to be like Jesus and to be a compassionate person. And that you don't realize how much help that you are to somebody doing this. And uh, we need to remember that our acts of love to, and uh, kindness, they're not just good deeds. They're not just good deeds. But that is an act of our love and our worship to God. Do you realize when you're with somebody and you're praying and you're talking to them and you're talking about you are worshiping God in front of those people. They see it. They feel it. They want it. You can do so much good just letting them just feel God flowing from you to them. And that is so wonderful when they tell you that. I feel Jesus. And all I can do is say, thank you. Thank you. Jesus is here, and He's here for you. And I'll, I'll, I'll just take them at time and ask them, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ? Do you know His love? Have you just really had that, that, that experience of Jesus' love flowing into you and from you? Some of them say, I haven't. I don't mind asking them, would you like to have that? I said, yes, I want it. So let's pray. I guess I'm just not easily pushed away. But I'm serving such a mighty and powerful God. That I want Him proud of me. I want to do what He wants me to do. You should want to do what God wants you to do. You should be doing. God, what is it you want me to do? What is it, Lord, that I can do that will lift you up? What is it, Lord, I can do that will give you glory? Don't look at giving yourself glory. God's going to do that in heaven. Let God have that glory. He deserves it. He deserves it. Let Him have it. You know, so when we when we go to somebody and we're worshiping them and being close to them, you, I say worshiping them, we are showing them our worship of God through what we say, how we act, and the things we do. They can feel God through you. Many of them don't know what they're feeling, but they, boy, I feel something so different. I feel something so different. I've never felt this before. And I know exactly what they're feeling. They're feeling Jesus. Be that person. Be a sheep, not a goat. Be a sheep and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we're sheep, you know, you know what we're going to hear? Listen to what he says here in Matthew 25, 21. You will hear these words. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Come into heaven. Enter now into the joy of the Lord forevermore. 
Which one is he going to tell you? I'm going to ask the band if they will to come up. If you're here today and you don't know what I've talked about today, about serving Christ, going to people, praying with them, talking to them, encouraging them, if you would like, I'd like you to come up. I'd like you to kneel at these altars. And I want you to pray for God to move in your life, to be that person God wants you to be, to do what God wants you to do. Well, there's nothing like serving God and doing what you know He wants you to do. And He's got something for every single person in here to do if you'll just accept what He has for you. When I became a pastor, I'm going to tell you, I was scared to death. I, could, I never dreamed I would be standing in a pulpit. You can ask my wife. I think it even scared her. <laughs> but you know, when God gets a hold of you, He gets a hold of you. Amen. And I'll stand before any man and tell him about God. Aren't you, aren't you scared about what will happen? No, because God's got the situation under control. If I'm doing what God sent me to do, He's there with me. I'm not by myself. He's encouraging me. He's giving me words to speak. He's telling me what He wants me to do. I'm just following instructions. I'm following instructions. So if you're here today and you would like to serve God in a whole and different way and do what God wants you to do, I'm going to invite you to come up. Kneel at these altars. I'll pray with you if you want to pray. I'll anoint you with oil. I'll stand in agreement with you. But we need to be one-on-one -on -one with God. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If, if you want more of God, he says, I'm here. Call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you did not know. And he will.